just clap our hands unto the Lord right now? Come on, can we just welcome him back into this place one more time, church? Listen, I know that it's New Year's Eve and you guys might have plans after this, but for the next couple of moments, can we just give God the praise and the worship that he deserves? God, we want to stay right here, Jesus. God, in this place that you've been working on us, on this, in this place that you've been moving on us, God. God, we don't want to miss this moment. God, as we enter into a new year, Jesus. God, as we reflect on the things that, we, that happened in 2021, God. God, we're believing, God, for a fresh anointing, for a fresh power. God, for a revival that's going to be poured out upon your people, Jesus. God, I pray, God, that your anointing would be poured out upon your church, Jesus. And God, I pray, God, that in the year 2022, Jesus, God, that we will, that would be a spirit of prevailing, God, that would go up amongst your people in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you, Jesus. What an honor it is uh, to be here tonight. Bishop Stoops, thank you so much for inviting me to come. And to, to stand where, where you stand every Sunday and, and deliver the word of God, I will tell you that it's something that I do not take lightly. And I'm very honored to know your pastor. I'm very honored. He is a, he is a big voice in my life. And I, I'll tell you that I feel very comfortable in any situation picking up the phone and, and calling and saying, Bishop Stoops, what should we do? And I know that he's a praying man. I know that he is an anointed man. Can we give it up for for Pastor Stoops. Come on, if you love your pastor, I think that's all right. If you love your pastor. It's always good to see so many familiar faces. Brother and sister, uh, brother and brother Shane Stoops and sister Amy Stoops, great friends of ours, the O'Neills, all of y'all. We, we, we love every single person in this church. I, I, the first time I came to this church, I was 15 years old, believe it or not. I was 15. I was in a rough spot. I was in a rough spot. And, and it was Bishop Stoops who, the moment I saw him, the first time he met me, he shook my hand, he gave me a hug, and he said, I love you. He didn't even know me, but he said, I love you. And I remember that moment. I remember walking in the back of the church over here, and he, and he met me for the first time. So thank you. Thank you for, for welcoming us, welcoming our family, and, and loving us in every season. I, don't, I won't be long tonight, although Bishop Stoops did tell me that um, I can preach until midnight. He said, go as long as you want. Uh, he said, preach right. And so I got like three or four hours here to burn over in this. So I know how much you guys love hearing preaching and, and you want to stay here all night. So he didn't say that. He didn't say that at all. He didn't. <laughs> I'm going to be taking my text tonight from the book of Second Kings. And I really do feel that God has given a word for such a time as this. I feel that there's things that happened this past year and things that, that are expected to happen the next year. And I believe that there is a call, that there's a word that God is trying to give to his church, is trying to give to his people. And so if you would just open up your hearts tonight, just open up your hearts to receive what I, I feel that God is trying to give. Taking our text from 2 Kings verse, uh, chapter 19, starting at verse 15. 2 Kings 19, verse 15, it says, And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, God of Israel, which dwellest between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. Thou hast made heaven and earth. Verse 16, Lord, bow down thine ear 
and hear. Open, Lord, thine eyes and see. And hear the words of Sennacherib, which hath sent him to reproach the living God. Skipping down to verse number 28, which was the Lord's response to the king of Assyria. He said, because thy rage against me and thou told me it's come up unto mine ears. Therefore, I will put my hook in thy nose and my brittle in thy lips. And I will turn thee back the way by which thou camest. And this shall be a sign unto thee. And this is him speaking to Hezekiah. Ye shall eat this year such things as grow of themselves. And then the second year that would spring it up of the same. And in the third year, everybody say the third year. In the third year, sow ye and reap and plant vineyards and eat the fruits thereof. I want to preach to you tonight with the help of the Holy Ghost on a sermon that I've titled in the third year in the third year and if you can just put your Bibles down one more time and just lift up your hands and pray for God to touch the remainder of the service Lord I pray God that you will speak that it will be clear God God that you would touch your people that you would move on your people God God began to till the grounds God the stony places God the hardened places of our hearts God so that we can receive the word that you're trying to speak in the name of Jesus. We believe it and we receive it. And so we respond yes and amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated tonight. I want to start out before getting too deep in this word by, by laying a little bit of context and to give you an understanding of what's going on in the scriptures here. These verses in the book of 2 Kings, they tell us of the, the fall and of the rise of, of the kings, of the many kings that God allowed to be lifted up in the land of Israel. Many of the kings that ruled in Israel, they, they didn't serve God. And that caused the Israelites, that caused God's people to fall further and further away from serving God. And now they have embraced the religious customs. They have embraced the practices of the land. So shrines have been built up to worship all of the gods of the land that they lived in. And, and I just want to make this point and say this, that God's people, they were never a threat to the enemy while they served two gods. They were never a threat to the enemy when they served two gods. It was never an issue to the Assyrian king that the Israelites served God. That was never a problem. As long as they validated and encouraged the worship of all, of all gods and all religious, religious practices, as long as they would say that all gods were, were real, it was okay. It only became an issue when God's people would start to declare that there was only one true living God. The enemy is never afraid of someone that worships God, that worship God while validating the existence of everybody else's God. He's not afraid of that. But what will make the enemy fear you, what will make him shake in his boots, is when a man or a woman of God will stand up and say that there is only one true living God and his name is Jesus. Every other God that man has tried to create and lift up, they are not real. They are not living. They do not exist. There is only one God and his name is Jesus. Israel's inability to cast down the other gods of the land caused them to be taken into captivity by the Assyrians 
Hezekiah, he watched as his father, King Ahaz, had led the people of God so far away from where God wanted them to be. His father was a wicked, wicked man. The Bible says that King Ahaz, he didn't do what was pleasing in the sight of the Lord. And he went as far as even sacrificing his own son, Hezekiah's brother, in a fire. He defiled the house of God. He took gold and he took silver from the temple of the Lord. And he gave it to the king of Assyria as payment for the safe being of his people. The Assyrians, they oppressed the people of Israel. They struck fear into the hearts of the Israelites and into most of the world at that time. History tells of how the Assyrians, they, they conquered city after city. They dominated the land that they were in. They, they tore down kingdom after kingdom. Hezekiah, knowing the oppression of his people, God's people, he knew the oppression that they lived in. He watched as his father dishonored God. Dishonored God. He watched as his father lifted up other gods. He knew that his brother was sacrificed in the fire by his own father. And yet the Bible tells us that he, when he became the king of Israel at only 25 years old, he did what was pleasing in the sight of the Lord. It says this in, in 2 Kings 18 and 5. He trusted in the Lord, God of Israel, so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any that were before him. For he clave to the Lord, and he departed not from following him, but kept his commandments which the Lord commanded Moses. And as I began to study this, and as I began to seek the Lord, I, I, I real, and realized all of the godless things and all of the awful things that, that Hezekiah's father had did I asked myself I said God how could how could Hezekiah turn out to be so, so obedient with a father like he had with a father who sacrificed his his brother to a fake God how could Hezekiah turn out to be that way and God put this in my heart he said it does not matter what your past is it does not matter what your last name is it does not matter what those before you have done if you will just cling to the Lord if you will obey God then he can make you greater than those that came before you or that will come after you the second thing was this Although Hezekiah had a godless father, he had a praying mama. He had a praying mama. Church, hear me when I say this, that there is nothing more powerful on earth than when a mama starts to pray for her children. And I want to encourage a mother tonight that has been praying for her children that your prayers are not in vain. Your prayers are worth more than you will ever understand. Your prayers are keeping your children who have walked away from God. It's keeping them close to God. And in the third year, the seeds of prayer that you have worked hard to plant that you have sown you will you will reap because the Lord God Almighty is gonna do it somebody say in the third year Hezekiah he's now king and he was only king for four short years before the king of Assyria he captured God's people in Samaria and he carried them away into captivity and 10 years later the Assyrians again have attempted to come up against the people of Judah they were successful and so Hezekiah now he's scared he's scared 
and he's fearful because he, he's, he, he's so scared that he falls into the same mistakes that his father did. Fear will lead you to go places and to do things that you were never supposed to go to and that you were never supposed to do. Do not allow fear to control your life. Fear is not of God, but it is the root of a lot of the sin that we find ourselves falling into. And so what Hezekiah begins to do is he begins to, he begins to strip the Lord's temple of its gold. He begins to strip the Lord's temple of his silver. And he begins to give it all to the king of Assyria as payment for his people's freedom. And as a response to Hezekiah's attempt to free his people, the king of Assyria sends a threat to him. And instead of accepting this message, Hezekiah sends his troops out to the wall of the city to receive the message from the king of Assyria. And the army of Assyria, they begin to tell the people what the king of Assyria has to say. They begin to tell all of the people of the land what the king of Assyria has to say. It's found in chapter 18. I'm not going to read all of it, just two verses, but this is what he had to say. He said, choose life. This is the king of Assyria talking to the people of Israel. Choose life instead of death. Don't, don't listen to Hezekiah when he tries to mislead you by saying the Lord will rescue us. Have the gods of any other nations ever saved their people from the king of Assyria? What happened to the gods of Hamath and Arpad? And what about the gods of, 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 of Severium, Hena, and Iva? Did any god rescue Samaria from my power? What god of any nation has ever been able to save his people from my power? So what makes you think that the Lord can rescue Jerusalem from me? That was the message. And when I read this, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I read this. I got a little mad because I realized I was like, he's talking about God's people like that. I got a little defensive for a second right there. I'm like, he had all of these threats to say about God's people. And when the people heard this message, they became so scared that they got to the point of paralysis. The, the threats of the enemy has sometimes struck fear into our hearts and they have it has shaken our faith so much and it's gotten us so worried and it's gotten us to start to doubt what the Lord can do. It has even caused some people to do things that they're not supposed to be doing because you've become so scared that you're operating out of desperation. But as I stand here tonight with the power of God, I came to declare that that is a lie that is from the pits of hell. There is no threat that the enemy can tell you that will stop the Lord from accomplishing what he said that he would do. Somebody tonight needs to stand up and start rebuking the devil and remind him that he is already defeated. Come on, when I was young, when I was young, when we used to get in these competitions and play basketball and you get behind a little bit, we used to look at them and we used to say, hey, look at the scoreboard, though. I know I missed that shot, but look at the scoreboard. Look who's winning. Some of us need to look at the devil and say, hey, I know I might be down and out right now, but I know who wins. Check the scoreboard. I know who wins this battle. Hallelujah. Campbell, he said, what makes you think? What makes you think that the Lord can rescue Jerusalem 
from me. I love the next verse because the next verse says this. After that the threat is given to the enemy. I love it. I love it. He said, after the threat's given from the enemy, after the king of Assyria has asked the most unbelievable question, the very next verse says this. It says, they did not answer. And answered him not a word. They did not answer. They simply ignored it. We allow the enemy to feed us lies. We allow him to scream empty threats into our lives and into our situations. And the moment that you give him your power is when you give him your attention. Satan will scream empty threats and he will scream them loud enough to distract you just to get your attention away from what God wants you to be doing, what God wants you to be focused on. But there has to be somebody that will do what Hezekiah told the people of Israel to do to the king of Assyria do not answer him turn your attention away from what the enemy has been lying to you about and focus on the truth and that is that God holds all power God holds all authority God holds your life in his hands and he is fighting on your behalf the Bible says that when the word finally reached Hezekiah that he began to tear his clothes. He tore his clothes as a sign of grievance, as a sign of mourning. He described what was going on in the land of Israel and he compared it to a mother that had no strength to deliver her baby. In other words, what he was saying is that God's people had been working towards something that was great. You see, Hezekiah had been king for 14 years. And that meant that for the last 14 years that Israel had served God. And now the enemy has come in and he's taken the wind out of the cells of Israel. He's brought them to a screeching halt. But Hezekiah in his grieving, in his mourning, he makes the statement, perhaps the Lord has heard the words that defy him and he will punish the Assyrian king. And then he said this, let us pray. And I came to tell one or two people or two or three people this this more this this tonight that we have been walking around feeling defeated. You've been walking around feeling defeated. You feel like the enemy has knocked the wind out of your sails. You feel like the enemy has made you and taken your strength to see the promise of God that He's gonna birth in your life. But I came to tell you tonight that God has heard the threats of the enemy. God has grown fed up with Satan defying his name, and he's getting ready ready for to, to punish him for lying to you you just gotta stay in the prayer room you just gotta stay on your knees you just gotta stay focused on God Hezekiah he takes this message he takes it up to the temple of the Lord he lays it down he lays it out before God and he begins to cry out to God he says God I know that the threats of the enemies are great I know that the world fears him. I know that he has torn down the gods. He's defeated the gods of the other nations. But then he's like, of course he did. Of course he did. Because they're not gods at all. 
They're not, they're just idols that have been lifted up by man, but you are the one true living God alone. When you start to exalt the name of the Lord above every other thing in your life, you get the attention of God. When you start to lift up his name, the name of Jesus, when you just start to declare that there is no one above him, that there was no one beside him, he cannot help but respond to you. He cannot help but to get involved. Some people have to start declaring that although my situation seems big God there is nothing in this world that is greater than you God I know it seems too big of a miracle for my lost child to come back but if I lift you up higher than my doubt then it will happen this is a this is small compared to who you are and you see what will start to happen is that you will see God start to move in your life. You will see him begin to move in your situation like he never has before. So Hezekiah cries out to God in the temple. God uses the prophet Isaiah to send his message to him. And this brings me to the scripture that we read together at the beginning of the message. These scriptures that we read, they were given to Hezekiah from God. They were given to him by Isaiah as a sign of what he was going to do in the land of Israel. He said that he allowed the king of, the king of Assyria to grow in power. God said, I did that. And, and, and that was all a part of my plan. His plan was to make a fool of the enemy. He said that he was going to destroy him. He was going to make him leave just as fast as he came. And I'm about to get to the big point, but I want to stay there for a second. I know that the devil has been knocking on some people's door, but God is about to make him leave just as fast as he came. Somebody needs to receive that. Somebody needs to receive that. I know that the enemy has been seeming like he's been going crazy in your life, but God is about to get a hold of him and he's about to leave just as fast as he came. God said to Hezekiah, he was getting ready to do something great in his people. He was getting ready to give them a great victory over their enemy. This is how they would know it. The sign he would give them as confirmation was found hidden in the seasons of the harvest. Second King chapter 19, verse 29. This is the new, the new Living Translation. It says, then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, here is the proof of what I say is true. This year, you will eat only what grows up by itself. And next year, you will eat what springs up from that. But in the third year, you will plant crops and harvest them. You will tend vineyards and eat their fruit. When I read this, I got excited because I realized that the church, the seasons that the church has been in, and I mean the church as a whole, I realized that we have been pressing against something that is greater than we can understand. And in past seasons, the enemy has stripped you of your strength so much that you become so scared to pray God's God's prayers. You have just relied on natural events to bring forth the promises that God has given you. But now... The seasons are changing and people have planted themselves in prayer and God has started to pour out a harvest on his people because he said that it would happen in the third year. 
And now we are in the season of the third year and we are living in the confirmation that God is getting ready to do something great. Come on, somebody say in the third year, in the third year. I need you to understand it just a little bit deeper because God's trying to do something deep in our hearts tonight. This is why that sign is so significant. It's because the Assyrians had oppressed the people of God for so long. They oppressed them so much that they had grown afraid to plant and to grow their own crops. They were so oppressed that they, they wouldn't plant. What happened year after year after year is that the Israelites, they would, plant, they would plant in their gardens. They would plant in their fields only to have it taken away by the Assyrians. After years and years of oppression, of oppression, after years of working so hard to only have the enemy take what was rightfully theirs, they got to the point where they just did not plant anymore. They just didn't plant anymore. And if nobody planted, there was no expectation of a harvest. If nothing is planted, there is no expectation of a harvest. You can talk about it. You can believe for it. You can shout and dance for it. But until you plant something, until you plant yourself in the word of God, until you plant yourself in prayer, you'll never see the harvest. For years, they lived with the fear of planting. And the prophet of God came to the people and he gave them good news. And I'm coming to a close. Music team, if, if you want to come, that's okay. He said that God is going to cast down and he's going to defeat the enemy that has pressed that has oppressed you he's going to defeat the enemy that has caused you to live in fear for so long and this is how you will know this will be the sign of confirmation he said that you will experience a season where you eat of the things that grows themselves that would be in the first year in the first year that within itself that's not that big of a deal it doesn't seem that significant because history tells us that 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 was normal. And so in this time, though, in history, they were going through a famine. So I know that may not seem significant, but until you look, put that into context that nobody, nobody in the land could grow crops, nothing would grow. It was almost impossible to see crops that would grow to the point of harvest. But yet God said, while others are struggling to get by, he said, I'm going to sustain you. And over the last couple of years, church, 2020 into 2021, it was almost impossible, it seemed like, to experience the harvest Unfortunately, some churches had to shut their doors, never to open them again. But God sustained us. He sustained us. If we look back, I can't tell you, Bishop Susan, I can't tell you how many planning meetings I was in as a church 
during 2020 and 2021 where everything was changing so often and we would sit down at a table and we would make plans and then we would have to change the whole agenda I can't look back and tell you anything that we did to make it happen but all I can say is by the grace of God he sustained us it was simply because he sustained us Isaiah told Hezekiah that he would experience a season where he would continue to eat of the fruits that had been grown in the land just naturally that was going to be in the second year and as a church we have experienced a season where God has just continued to pour out his blessing it seems supernatural I can't tell you how many pastors I've talked to who've said the finances are up year over year we can't explain it people are out jobs and but the church is still moving forward people are still still receiving a gift of the Holy Ghost God has continued to sustain us through the years people given sacrificially of their finances and of their times I can tell you that move the mission received an offering that was astronomical God sustains his people but then he says this he says in the third year in the third year you will enter into a season of sowing but this time the enemy he will not take what has been sown because the very next thing he said sow ye and reap Isaiah said that you will reap you will plant and you will eat the fruits thereof this means that everything that you have worked and that you have planted you're going to see it start to grow you will see the harvest that you've been waiting so long to see the things that you have planted in prayer the people that you have been praying for the misplaced child that you have planted yourself in praying for in the third year what has been planted will be harvested and this got me excited because I realized that as a church that we are in the season of the third year that means that harvest it's on the way that means that where are we going we're going to begin to sow what we have reaped reap what we have sowed it's my last point because I believe that the year 2022 is the third year for some people 2 Kings 19 and verse 30 says this and the remnant that is escaped of the house of Judah shall yet again take root downward and bear fruit upward for out of Jerusalem shall go forth the remnant and they that escaped out of Mount Zion the seal of the Lord of hosts shall do this if you don't understand that this is what that means all that the enemy has taken from you everything that the enemy has taken from you in the third year God's going to give it back
the third year. He's going to give it back. But, but it's not going to stop there. It's not going to stop there. When he gives it back to you. It's going to be rooted. And it's going to produce more fruit. And it's going to multiply. That means that that misplaced person that you've been playing, praying for. That the enemy has seemed to take away from you. They're coming back in the third year. They're coming back in the third year. But listen to me, church. They're not just going to come back and they're not going to be shaken. But when they come back this time, they're going to be rooted. There are some people that have walked away that are coming home. And when they come home this time, they're going to be rooted. Mama, don't you stop praying. Pastor, don't you stop praying. Don't you stop praying, parents, because they're coming home and they're going to be rooted. The third year is the year that somebody is going to get that financial blessing up. It's going to be rooted up. This is the year that somebody's going to experience that healing. It's going to be rooted up. Everybody's standing. Everybody's standing. began to prepare for this and as I began to seek God and say God what's the word that you're trying to give to your church all I can think of is my family you see I'm the only one in my family that still serves the Lord. I grew up in a home where I was physically, verbally, and emotionally abused. But my father, glory be to God, though, when I was 13 years old, we were baptized on the same day. It was his birthday. Dad, he received the gift of the Holy Ghost. He spoke in other tongues and he went down in the water. But I'm the only one in my family that's still serving the Lord. And as I began to prepare for this message, all I can think of, Bishop Zeus, all I can think of is seeing my father walk through the back doors of that church. All I can think of it's all of those people that walked out the door coming back and planted themselves at an altar and pouring their lives out to God and saying, God, I messed up, but I'm coming back home. Oh, I believe it. But what I feel like is going to happen this time is when they come back, they're going to plant themselves. The sign that was given that Isaiah told Hezekiah he said the remnant that was taken out of Jerusalem is coming back. He said it's going to be planted and it's going to grow fruit upward and it's going to multiply. That means that even though they walked away, when they come back, they're going to root themselves, but then they're going to produce fruit. So those same people 
that walked away are going to be the ones that are going to go back out and they're going to reach people that were in the same position as they were in. They're going to multiply and they're going to bring other people back into the house. They're going to say, come and see what the Lord has done for me. Come and see how the Lord has set me free. Come and see how the Lord has transformed and changed my life. I don't know how Bishop Stoops normally closes the service here and I don't know your traditions and what that's normally like for y'all but this is just what I feel in my spirit tonight there's anybody in this place that has been praying for someone to come home that's been waiting on a healing that's been waiting on a miracle if there's anybody in this place would you be so willing to just step out of the aisle from where you are and make your way down to the altar Church, this is beautiful. There's a harvest that's on the way. There's a harvest. It's been preached about. It's been talked about for the last two years. There's a harvest. I know what life has been like. But oh, how the seasons are changing. The seasons are changing. You made your way down here to the front. If you believe, can you just lift your hands? Come on, can you lift your hands? Can you just begin to cry out to God for that miracle? Lord, God, I know my my three brothers and my sisters God they're not serving you God Lord they've been to church God I'm being transparent I've seen them receive the gift of the Holy Ghost but God I'm believing that as you are turn, turning and changing the seasons God I'm believing God that there's going to be a harvest that's going to be poured out and I believe that my family is going to be a part of that God people that have made their way down to this altar tonight God that have loved ones that have friends that has family God that has walked away God I believe in the name of Jesus that they're going to be a part of that harvest because God you said that it's not your will that any should perish come on this is the season of the third year this is the third year this is the third year